Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, presented by Facebook. Today's Friday, June 26th. American Airlines is opening its planes to more passengers, Microsoft is closing most of its stores, and we're wondering if baseball games will really be played this summer. We're just a few weeks away from the return to Major League Baseball after the players and owners on Tuesday night agreed to a 60-game season, plus the playoffs. Or maybe I should say the theoretical return, because there is more than a crackerjack box full of skepticism over whether this new plan is practical. Not just because of surging COVID-19 rates, but also because the plan itself isn't fully worked out. What we know for sure, though, is there's a huge financial incentive for everyone in baseball to get going. The game is losing what the Chicago Cubs owner called a biblical amount of money due to lost ticket sales, lost food sales, lost parking sales, and most importantly, lost TV money. But wanting to play is different than actually playing. So in 15 seconds, we'll dig in with Sam Kennedy president of the Boston Red Sox. We're joined now by Sam Kennedy, CEO of the Boston Red Sox. The players and the owners struck a deal earlier this week. Why should fans or players or owners actually have confidence that there will actually be baseball this summer? Well, I can tell you it is a massive undertaking and skepticism is certainly understandable, but we are confident that the 120 odd page protocols will put us in a place to properly test and recognize that we will have positive cases. We understand that if we follow the protocols to a T, we are cautiously optimistic that we're going to be able to get through this, provide hopefully a sense of relief and some normalcy to the country by bringing baseball back. How confident are you and your peers that you know what fields those are going to be right now, particularly when we see really expanding cases in places like Arizona and Houston? Yeah, ironically, you know, when this all started back in early March, we were trying to think at that point about restarting. And ironically, we're thinking about Florida and Arizona because those were markets with lower transmission and lower caseloads. Now you've seen opposite happen where the northern states seem to be doing better. So one thing we know is we don't really understand this virus, but we're going to try and plan our home ballparks around the country with very, very tight protocols for the players, for the travel, the charter, for the hotels. It will involve interstate travel, so that gets a little bit complicated. You said that there are protocols and that players will certainly come down and be infected. Is that all worked out yet? You know, if your team ends up having, you know, two people infected or a trainer or somebody else like that, what happens then? So we will have an intake day. We will perform testing at our facilities for players and the staff involved in the restart, which is our own sort of bubble, if you will. Only a small amount of employees and all the players will be tested regularly. Then everyone will isolate for 48 hours while we get the results of our tests. And then the hope is, is that those who are clean will start spring training on the third of the fourth. And then if you are positive, you will be quarantined for 14 days and then get going. If we have a positive case during the season, we don't need to shut down the entire team. We need to isolate those who through our contact tracing protocols would have been exposed, isolate them, check them for symptoms, test them every day to try and manage further transmission or spread. I'll let slide the idea that spring training is going to start in July. Summer camp. Summer camp. Fair enough. I wish my kid could go. You said earlier this week that your hope is that there could actually be fans sitting in the stands of Fenway Park. Can you turn a profit if fans are not in the stands? 
Short answer is no, absolutely not. Revenues from ticketing and gate represent roughly 50, 60% in some markets of our top line revenue. So the sport needs fans in the stands. I mean, we make no bones about that. We're blessed to have a great fan base here in New England, and we would like fans back at Fenway Park as soon as Governor Baker and Lieutenant Governor Polito and Marty Walsh, Catherine Burton, and their whole team tell us it's okay. Probably an aspirational statement right now, but we want to make sure the protocols are in place. But from a business perspective, it's very, very important to get fans back in the stands. Is the calculus that you guys are making that we're going to lose money whether we play or not, but we will lose less money if we play? You just nailed it. Actually, some clubs will lose more money by playing, ironically, given costs associated with player salaries. The losses are staggering well into the hundreds of millions of dollars in some markets, the industry, several billion dollars of operating losses. That said, we don't like to focus on that. And management, I think we have to look at it as an investment to keep the sport going and to keep baseball front and center in the American consciousness, if at all possible, in a healthy and safe environment. But we also need to get back, hopefully, if it's 2020 or 2021, to having fans in our ballparks. That's just absolutely critical. Let's say for a second that you guys actually pull off a 60-game season, there's playoffs, and there's a World Series, and the Boston Red Sox win the World Series. Is this a legitimate title? Yeah, it is. It will certainly have a COVID sign next to it or an asterisk or whatever you want to call it. The history books and the world will understand just what went into trying to pull this off. There has been a lot of talk about how, while obviously every big sports league has had challenges with COVID and isn't playing, baseball from a reputation standpoint has taken the biggest hit just because of the animosity between the players and the owners. If you do not play this year... Is it going to, from your perspective, be worse for baseball than it will be for the other leagues? The spirit to play is there from players, from owners, from management. Timing of the virus taking its grip on our country in early March put baseball in a difficult spot, having to rework all spring training in an entire season, as opposed to sort of just finishing out the end of an NBA or NHL season. Now, look, we don't know how these restarts are going to go here in the United States. We're involved our sister company, Liverpool Football Club in English soccer. We got going without fans and it's working really well. Mr. Manfred said it well the other day. Our fans deserve better from us. We should not have this public back and forth with the Players Association. I thank our fans for putting up with us. It was unfortunate, but we need to learn from it and move on and do better as we go forward. Sam, final question. I am a Boston Red Sox fan. Right at the beginning of the pandemic, you traded arguably your best player and people weren't thrilled with what came back. That player only had one year left on his contract. True or false, you traded Mookie Betts because you thought there was a good chance there wouldn't be baseball this year anyway. So what were you losing? 100% false. He's one of the best guys I've ever worked with. Missed having him around even during this uh, shutdown. We wish him the best out in Los Angeles. And who knows, with a short season, maybe we'll end up uh, seeing them again in October. It'll be a lot of fun to see Mookie come back to Fenway. Fair enough. I'm Mookie Betts with zero home runs at this moment, I believe is what the paper says. Uh, Sam Kennedy of uh, Boston Red Sox, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks so much, Dan. Good to be with you. Welcome back. What we're watching today is grocery store giant Albertsons, which just went public on the New York Stock Exchange after what was a bit of an underwhelming IPO. This is the chain whose brands include Safeway, And like most groceries, it's seen recent revenue surges as lockdowns and restaurant closures have caused many more people to cook at home. The question going forward, though, is if that's a permanent shift in consumer behavior or if it dissipates once the lockdowns do. So I asked Albertson CEO Vivek Shankran about it. 
your rival Kroger obviously talked a little bit earlier this week about how some of that surge of customers wanting to get certain essential goods has started to fade a little bit. Do you believe that there has been any sort of actual structural behavioral change among consumers? First, there is a sea change. People are coming back now. They're buying fresh product, fresh meat, fresh seafood. And I think people are enjoying cooking at home. I think people are rediscovering baking cookies at home, rediscovering the family time. By the way, a lot of people are working from home. So just imagine what happens to breakfast and lunch when you're working from home. Do you think that's just a moment in time because of what we're going through? Or do you think that will be a structural change of how American consumers shop and behave? The longer this goes, the more structural it becomes in my point of view, right? Because we just rediscover things. And in the past, out-of-home consumption has grown very slowly. The shift from in-home to out-of-home has grown very slowly in, in the past. And if it just keeps to that rate, there'll be a lot more in-home consumption for a lot longer. Another big story from today, Amazon agreeing to buy Zooks a startup that's been developing a fleet of robo-taxis. Now, this deal has been rumored for weeks, but Axios Transportation reporter Joanne Muller was surprised by one big piece of today's announcement. What surprised me is a lot of people have been seeing Amazon assemble the pieces that might lead to their own third-party logistics network for delivery. But they said very clearly in this press release that they're going to let Zooks run as an independent unit and that they're going to let them go ahead with their plan for self-driving robo-taxi. So basically, Amazon's getting into the robo-taxi business. But I think the underlying technology is really what's of interest to Amazon, and I believe that we'll see this manifest in various delivery vehicles in the future. Today, we're also watching Texas, which just announced that bars must close and restaurants must reduce their current capacity limits due to rising COVID-19 cases. And finally, today, we're watching The Gap. The struggling apparel retailer announced a 10-year deal with rapper Kanye West, whereby West will introduce an exclusive new clothing line called Yeezy Gap. Now, Gap stock has soared on the news, but honestly, investors shouldn't have been too surprised by this. After all, Kanye did rap this all the way back in 2004. Let's go back, back to the Gap. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. It's my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven. Have a great National Coconut Day, and we'll be back Monday with another Axios Recap. <laughs> 